Welcome to the Fem Powered Podcast. I'm Julieta Durante, menstrual cycle nutritionist and hormone whisperer. And I'm Nat Martin, menstrual cycle coach with a passion for all things premenstrual and periods. This is a podcast to help you navigate the world using the menstrual cycle as your compass and guide. We'll be chatting to industry leaders and women who inspire us on everything from money to sexuality, business to hormone health. Honestly, the list is endless because the menstrual cycle shows up literally everywhere. But let's be honest, we live in a world that wasn't built for and doesn't value the menstrual cycle. We are here to change that. We're here to help you learn new things about your cycle and inspire you to bring them into your life so that you can show up in a way that honors your natural rhythms and enhances your inner power. It's time to stop feeling guilty about being inconsistent and struggling with your cycle. So if you're ready to unpack its gifts, let's dive in. So hello and welcome to this episode of the Fem Powered Podcast. It's me, Nat, and I am here on a solo episode today to chat to you about archetypes and how working with archetypes can help you connect to your menstrual cycle and to embody your femininity, your womanhood, um, and lots of other really juicy things. Archetypes, probably one of the most favorite tools or frameworks to work with that I have in the menstrual cycle because it's just so rich and varied and and you can really go deep with them. So before we do that, let's do our regular cycle check-in. So I have stopped counting where I'm at <laughs> pretty much, but I am 11 weeks and four days today. I'm feeling pretty good. Nausea, not really around today. Um, I'm kind of feeling more and more like my quote unquote normal self, um, which is really good. And I've been sitting on doing this episode for a while because every time I've thought about it, I've just been like, oh no, I don't really feel, <laughs> I don't really feel like talking, which is one of the, the, the experiences that I've been having in my pregnancy so far. And so now it feels like I'm kind of crossing over from that inner winter. Um, you know, when you're normally bleeding, you're a little bit introspective and you don't really want to kind of, yeah, you don't really want to be out in the world and crossing over into inner spring, which people say is kind of like that second trimester. Um, and I'm really feeling like that. So it's great to be here with you. If you haven't already done a cycle check in today, then maybe just take this moment just to recognize where you're at in your cycle or whereabouts and just kind of, you know, how you're feeling generally such a great practice that literally only takes like a minute to do. So archetypes. Archetypes are not necessarily, um, they don't come from menstrual cycle awareness. So archetypes actually come from psychology. And there was a very famous psychologist called Carl Jung. And he's kind of like the, the godfather of the archetype theory. And basically an archetype is a picture or a character that is very, very embedded in the human consciousness. And it's something therefore that everyone can relate to because it's so embedded in our consciousness since the beginning of time. There's certain words that when we say them, we bring a picture to our minds of what that should look like. And usually it's embodied in a person, in, a, in the form of human. So for example, if I say the word hero or heroine, 
there'll be usually something that comes to your mind, right? We'll think about someone who is courageous, who's brave. You know, we think about the hero's journey, someone who maybe doesn't feel like they're a hero, but then goes through some um, some trials and tribulations and, you know, they're, they're saving people or they're saving the world. There's a kind of, um, yeah, there's that kind of like saving quality to them. That's what we think about when we think about the word hero. If we think about the word healer, again, there might be a certain image that comes to your mind. It might be an elder person. It might be, you know, like a kind of witchy type person. It might be um, a doctor. There are certain qualities that they have of, of helping people, of being able to work perhaps with different medicines, with plants, um, of understanding the human body. And the reason why we have those, those thoughts, those images that pop up in our heads is because they have been put in our consciousness constantly since the dawn of time. It's something that we don't have to think about. It's like a collectively a collective consciousness that we have. And so archetypes are a really great way of, I guess, categorizing um, characteristics or people so that we can kind of relate to them or learn from them in so many different ways. And the reason why this is so great in the menstrual cycle is because most of us know that we don't feel like the same person day to day, week to week, or however long your cycle is, you know, there's like, obviously our foundations, like I'm Nat, there's a part of me that's always just Nat, <laughs> but there's also a part of me that, you know, um, likes to listen to different music at certain times, likes to wear different clothes, has a slightly different kind of like outlook and perspective on my world as we go through the menstrual cycle. And the reason for that is that we move through these different archetypes. There are a lot of archetypes out there in the world. Um, and actually, I would go to say there's an endless amount, perhaps, in terms of how we name them. But in the menstrual cycle, there are usually kind of like four that if you go off and do your own research, you'll come across. And you might already have come across the names of some of them anyway. If you haven't already listened to episode two, which is the menstrual cycle awareness basics on this podcast, that might help you because in that episode, I go through the framework of the seasons, the inner seasons, and the inner seasons helps us to, I guess, kind of like put a language into what's happening in our menstrual cycle as we move through phase to phase. And it's great because it's a very universal kind of thing. We, again, we hear the word summer, we kind of know what to expect. We hear the word winter, we kind of know what to expect. Those are archetypes as well, in a way. But the thing about archetypes is that it goes from a kind of like a universal idea, like summer, sunshine, warm, abundance, pleasure, fertility, that kind of thing. It helps us to go a layer deeper into how do I actually feel? How do I express what's happening in my inner summer, for example? And this is how we can really start to embody our cycle as well. I like to think about, I'm a writer, so I like to think about archetypes as characters, right? They're different characters of your cycle or different characters in a play. You can, you know, if you were going to go on stage and, and act as a certain character, you would 
get into them, right? You think about what clothes they wear, what music they like to listen to, what food they like to eat, what makes them tick. And using archetypes in this way helps us to really get into what is happening in my cycle? How is it expressing myself? How can I embody it? So in this um, episode, I'm just going to walk you through the four different, the four main archetypes that you will come across when you start to do a little bit of digging. Don't worry so much about the names of them. There will be certain ones that you may not resonate with in terms of the name. Um, you can always find your own name, right? There's no, there are no rules on archetypes, in my opinion. The more that you can relate to them, the easier it's going to be. And the more that you can figure out what your unique flavor of archetype is, the more you're going to be able to embody it. So let's start with our inner winter. Inner winter is the time where we're bleeding. So if again, if you haven't listened to episode two, maybe go back and listen to that. But inner winter is the time of our bleed, our period, our menstruation. And the archetype that corresponds to this is commonly known as the crone or the wise woman. And essentially, so if you think about crone is a little bit of a strange word, not many people know what that means. But if we think about the wise woman, usually what we tend to think about is someone who's older, they've got a lot of life experience, perhaps that kind of like grandma energy or you know, and you would think about like the village elder, that that woman who's just, she's been around a long time. She's lived a lot. She knows all the things. And the reason why this is archetype for this phase of the cycle is it's, you know, your period is the end of your cycle, but it's also the beginning of a new cycle. And if we think about the life cycle, you know, of course, being at the end of your life cycle is death that's old age, hopefully. But there's also a new cycle that's beginning, which is the cycle of death, right? We're stepping, we're ending the, the life cycle and we're starting a new cycle. Nobody really knows what that is. I mean, if you've got your faith, you'll, you know, you'll believe in that, but nobody really knows what that new cycle is. And so the wise woman or the crone is someone who has had this whole cycle of experience your menstrual cycle you've gone through all the phases in your menstrual cycle and now you are ready to bleed you're ready to end this cycle that you're in you're essentially ready to die this is what's happening in your body right you've got the lining of your womb that's getting all built up and then it sheds it let's say that it dies and the characteristics of the crone or the wise woman therefore is someone who knows she has all the answers. She's a bit of an oracle. You know, if you think about your someone in your life who's lived to very old age, think about the things that they've seen, the people they've met, the experiences they've had. They've maybe loved and lost. They've maybe had children. They will have absolutely lost people close to them. They might have seen the world. And so, you know, like older people are a real untapped resource in our world because they are very wise. They know things that we don't from the benefit of having gone through this life. And they are also the closest, if you look at a very traditional life cycle, they are the closest to that next portal of death and what happens after death. So our, our archetype, when we're thinking about it from the menstrual cycle um, awareness, the wise woman or the crone, this is someone who we can, when we want to embody her, this is a part of us that knows, the part of us that 
has the intuition, the part of us that knows all of the answers, no matter what you're going through in your life, I'm going to hesitate to say that most of the time we know the answer. We know the thing that we need to do to help us move further on, right? We might not want to listen to it. We might not want to admit to that. It might be something very difficult, very painful. It might mean something that requires like big change. But most of the time we know deep down that this relationship isn't right for us, that this job isn't right for us, um, that we need to get our money in order, that we need to look after our health, whatever it might be. And this is the part of us. This is the wise woman. This is the crone. This is the the oracle that when we would stop and communicate with ourselves, whether that's through meditation, through journaling, asking those questions, self-reflection, this is the part of us that has those answers. So if you are someone who does journal or meditates or, you know, you self-reflect in that way, you're, you'll probably be familiar with the idea of there being like an observer. So I'm me, I'm Nat, I'm talking to you right now, but there's a part of my psyche that is separate. There's a part of my psyche that's observing, that's aware of the things that I'm saying. And it's the same in meditation. There's a part of us that's, you know, aware of the thoughts that we're having. This is the wise woman, the crone. This is the part of us that knows. And so when you're gonna try to embody or get to know your crone, the best way to do that is to really spend time with them. So, you know, you can you can connect with your archetypes at any time during the menstrual cycle, but I find it really helpful to, to get into that in the corresponding place. So this is why when we're bleeding in a winter, it's introspective. We're not really wanting to spend that much time out in the world. We're maybe thinking about things on a slightly deeper level, we're maybe looking forwards at our life or looking back. This is a time when um, in the practice of menstrual cycle awareness, we're really just letting go and being quiet so we can hear what needs to be heard. So communicating with your inner wise woman, embodying it really would be, okay, like, let me sit, let me journal on this question that's been, you know, brewing or this thing that keeps coming up, or maybe there's, you know, some insights coming through and I want to like, feel into my intuition about what to do next communicate with that and also see how you feel like how does your body want to move how what do you want around you are you someone who really leans towards ritual in that time what kind of yeah what kind of things do you gravitate towards what kind of thoughts do you have is there like a certain setting that you like to be in you know like these are all things that can help bring your version of the wise woman to life because what your wise woman is like and what my wise woman is like although there will be those certain characteristics that I've just spoken about the intuition the insight the knowing the way in which they express the way in which the way in which you communicate with that part of yourself will be different from person to person so really spend time while you're bleeding getting to know like who is this wise woman what does she like to wear what does she like to smell what does she like to you know and really go with that like wear the clothes that feel good for you at that time think about it as like stepping into each archetype as you move through the cycle so that's the wise woman corresponding to the inner winter and then if you don't like the name wise woman or crone again really just 
think about what are the characteristics of your bleed? How do you feel when you're bleeding? And see if you can maybe come up with a name for that. Okay, so we finished bleeding. We move into inner spring, which is pre-ovulatory phase, the time when we're finishing bleeding and our body's like getting geared up for ovulation. And the corresponding archetype to this is commonly known as the maiden. Now, the maiden, when you think about the maiden, what do you think about? Um, maybe it's a virgin. Maybe you think like I do about like maiden voyages that ships do the first time that they're, you know, like actually being a ship and going to wherever they're going. It's about firsts. It's a little bit about naivety. For me, the maiden, when I think about it, is someone who's very, very fresh in their life. And when we think about the maiden years of the life cycle, we are generally a menstrual cycle awareness. We're talking about like period before menarche, which is the time when you have your first bleed, anywhere up until like your mid to late 20s, for some people, early 30s. But you could, I guess, also extend that to include like your birth to that time. It's kind of like that first quarter, let's say, of your life cycle. And so think about like, you know, what, what are the characteristics of that? You're fresh in life. You don't know everything. So you're experimenting. You're, um, you know, you're figuring out who you are. Like, what do I like to wear? What do I like to, to listen to? Who are the people that I want to be with? Who do I want to be? Um, it's all about like playing around with self-expression. And like that, when we think about teenagers, this is a perfect example of maiden energy. It's that kind of like falling in love for the first time, maybe going away to study, um, going on holiday for the first time. It's so much about firsts and just that, I guess that kind of like unbridled confidence that a lot of us have in ourselves in our early years, because we haven't yet gone through the things that, you know, maybe take away a little bit of the shine of life. We haven't got so jaded. Um, you know, think about your first love and how you approached the relationship with your first love to how you've maybe approached relationships since then. Undoubtedly, they will have been colored by the experience of your first love and your second love. You know, the first time you get absolutely wasted drunk, you learn like, oh, okay, there's a limit to how much I can actually consume without feeling like death for the next few days we we're still just full of of optimism and and hope and naivety and a little bit of arrogance perhaps and these are the characteristics of the maiden and a really beautiful way to tap into this energy is to really spend time with who am i when i finish bleeding it's, it can be really difficult for people to differentiate between their inner spring and their inner summer. This is something that I hear from clients a lot. It's kind of like, but I feel kind of the same in both. You know, I'm like outgoing and yeah, my, my, my cycle doesn't feel all that different, you know, especially if they're not maybe having so much of the physical signs of approaching ovulation, like the cervical mucus and things like that. Can be hard for them to know where they are in their cycle and so a great way of doing that is to tap into the archetypal energy of where you're at 
a lot of people will feel a sense of like, woo, my period's finished and I want to get out there and do all the things. I've got all the energy and now I want to be seen and I'm going to wash my hair and I'm going to shave my legs and I'm going to like put myself out there, right? And then some other people will have like real anxiety about like all the stuff that's ahead of them, especially if there's been a lot of downtime while bleeding. This is also something that happens a lot with teenagers and young people that can just be like this overwhelming pressure to get things done and to do things right. Find that perfect job, find that perfect partner, like, you know, get the promotions, buy the house, do all this stuff before you're 30 so you can settle down and bring on a lot of anxiety. So again, like tuning into, especially in those first few days as you leave your, your bleed, what's happening for me here? How am I expressing myself? Who am I wanting to hang out with? Um, you know, are you gravitating towards the like the quote unquote fun friends who, um, you know, you know, you can go out and have a real laugh with and perhaps have like one too many cocktails with, you know, whereas perhaps at another time in your cycle, you would want to gravitate towards the friends who, you know, you're maybe going to their place and having dinner and kind of like having a more... <laughs> civilized evening so who are you hanging out with what music do you want to listen to music for me is a really big way of tapping into my archetypes and I've got um playlists for each archetype and I'll put them in the in the um show notes so that you can feel free to to have a listen to them and see how my archetypes manifest musically one of the things that I realized when I first started to connect with my, my archetypes and my cycle was that when I got to my inner spring, I wanted to listen to real fun, nostalgic music. So pop, Spice Girls, Girls Aloud, um, some 80s hits, like things that I don't normally listen to at any other time in my cycle, but that I listened to when I was a teenager because that was the music that was around. I also realized that that was a time I was more likely to want to paint my nails and wear a little bit of makeup. That's how my inner maiden manifests herself. And it's also a time when I'm more likely to want to do activities that I used to do then, like draw or yeah, like I, I used to really just sit around and doodle quite a lot, um, write things for the sake of writing them without necessarily having like a goal in mind. So again, like your, your archetypes and how you build them is very much reliant on what is happening for you in your body, in your cycle. And again, if you don't like the word inner maiden, if that feels, you know, for some of you that might feel really weak or kind of old fashioned, think about something else. Like, um, you know, an aspect of, of, for me, of my inner maiden is also the rebel. You know, I think about that teenage energy you're learning like, no, this is, I don't want to fit into this construct. I want to express myself in this way. I want to wear these clothes. I want to wear that makeup. I'm going to, you know, go and do stupid things. Like it's a part of teenage life is also rebelling against the system. Maybe the word rebel correlates better for you than the maiden. So again, spend time, play around. Try to like tap into that sense of lightness. And, and because it's a time in our cycle where we just have more resilience to a lot of things. So really noticing like, how does that play out for me? So that's our inner spring. 
now we move over into the inner summer. And for those of you who struggle to tell the difference between spring and summer, this is where you might be able to really mark the point where spring and that kind of like inner maiden type energy tips over into the summer. So typically when we're doing um, archetypal work in the menstrual cycle, you will come across the mother archetype. That is the archetype that like is classically covering the inner summer phase of the cycle. And this can be problematic, right? Because if you're not a mother or someone who perhaps doesn't want to be a mother or, you know, maybe just doesn't really feel that kind of motherly energy that can already be such a big turnoff. This is something I think more than any other phase of the cycle, when I'm speaking to people about archetypes, the mother is the one that kind of like, they don't like that. It's kind of like, doesn't really resonate with me. Um, so I'm going to also speak about another archetype that I connected with, which was the queen. So when we think about summer, right? Again, I said at the beginning of the episode, we think about like abundance and um, sunshine and perhaps like loads of yummy food and holidays and long days and all of that kind of thing, which is where something like the queen can be really helpful. Because if we think about queen energy, a queen is someone who, you know, it's, she's about pleasure. Of course, she has responsibilities, right? She has her, her subjects, her queendom. But she's also, if I think about someone like Cleopatra, for example, like she was a queen, but she was also very regal, very, you know, like sumptuous. You think about perhaps beautiful fabrics, having people to do things for you that you don't want to do, luxury. Like that's also something we think about when we think about queen. And that I find that connecting with the queen is a great way to connect with your sense of pleasure and embodying pleasure and your sexuality because it's, it's, yeah, it's the queen. You can take what you want and you will get what you want. Um, and that's a real edge for a lot of people. And it's a very different kind of energy to the maiden, whereas the, the energy of the maiden is really kind of like putting myself out there, getting all the things that I want to get in a kind of um, perhaps a little bit of a naive way. When we get into the inner summer archetypes, because we've gone through that phase of the maiden, we know ourselves a bit better now. We know what we stand for. We know what we like, hopefully. We know what we don't like. So the experimentation piece is kind of gone. And now we're in the, I know that this is something that I like or want to pursue and therefore I'm gonna do that. This is the queen. On the other side, we have the mother. Now, when we think about the word mother, Again, the archetypal images that come up, maybe someone with a lot of tolerance, with a lot of energy, um, with a lot of patience, with a lot of, of kindness and compassion, caring. It's that kind of the part of us that, you know, looks after our loved ones when they're sick. Or, you know, if you've got pets, like you mother your pets, right? You feed them, you walk them, you change the litter tray and all of that kind of thing. Like that's mother energy. And, and it's a universal thing. So no matter how the relationship to our mothers are, <laughs> we have like an image of what a mother is. The same way that we have an image of what a queen is, what they do, how they behave, etc. And I think the problem that we tend to have 
in the inner summer is that it feels like there has to be a binary thing. We either have to be compassionate, kind, caring, self-sacrificing, putting everyone's needs before our own, eating like the scraps off the plate, etc. Or we have to be the complete opposite, which is the queen, where we're eating first. <laughs> we're getting like the, the, the choice, the prime cuts, where we're not self-sacrificing, where our compassion maybe has limits and so on. And actually what we want to do is to be inhabiting both. So again, how do you feel in your inner summer? If you're someone who automatically feels like this is the best place in my cycle, I feel so good, I have so much energy, I can do this, I can do that, which a lot of people do. It's that kind of like superwoman energy and superwoman might be the name of your inner archetype for this season. Then it's also worth looking at how that differentiates from your maiden because the energies will be different. And this is especially important for you if you're someone who really struggles to see like, am I in spring? Am I in summer? Because, you know, feeling that difference of, of I've got all the energy, I can do all the things, I've got like big time resilience of my inner maiden, my inner spring, suddenly being like, I've got all the compassion, I've got all the, the energy, I've got all the tolerance, I've got all the you know, all of that kind of like caring stuff that I need to have, but it's, it's now being directed to someone else or other people. That's usually how you can tell the difference between maiden and mother. Maiden is I'm going to get this. This is mine. I'm putting myself out there. I'm, you know, just kind of like spending all my energy crazily. And now I'm in my inner mother time. And this is now being directed in a beautiful way towards my children, whether that is like physical human children or um, my friends or my um, projects or business. And a good way to see if you're, you know, a good way to see if you're, um, if you've gone from maiden to mother is if there is a hint of like martyrdom. If there's a hint of that self-sacrificing now being too much. Martyr is another it's a shadow archetype of the inner summer. Think about the mother who, you know, doesn't have time for herself, who whose life is only about her children, who doesn't eat properly, who doesn't, you know, doesn't sleep, doesn't ever have time to, to pursue her own things. Um, this is a, a shadow aspect of that. And so this is another way for you to see, like, am I in my inner spring or am I in my inner summer? So your inner summer I would say there were really the two main archetypes here of the kind of like mother energy, whatever word you can think of that encapsulates that in a better way for you. And then the inner queen energy um, or whatever word you can think of. They're two sides of the same coin. A mother will have her children to look after, her home, you know, all the stuff that goes on in there. A queen will have her subjects, her queendom, but the energy that they bring to them are slightly different. One is more about, I can do all of this, but take pleasure. And the other is more, um, I can do all of this and usually not have much pleasure. And, you know, again, when we think about the archetypal mother, that universal collective image of mother, they're usually not sexy. Maiden is sexy, <laughs> young, available, beautiful. Mother is usually tired, um, unsexual, um, and so a lot of the, the work can be in kind of like trying to marry these two 
archetypes together and bring them into one whole. And again, figure out how you feel in your inner summer. How, what is, what is manifesting for you? How do you feel? What are you gravitating towards? Are you feeling exhausted? Like you don't have enough energy to do things. You're spread too thin. Um, are you on a pleasure journey of trying to, you know, get back into your sexual energy? Like what is happening for you? And then which aspect of the archetypes can you embody? How is it going to help you to step into what you would consider to be, uh, let's say, a manifestation of the queen and use that as a way to help you get more pleasure? Or, you know, um, if you're someone who's wanting to, you know, perhaps become a mother, how can you step into the shoes of a mother more and bring about more of those mothering qualities, more care, more kindness, more understanding, more self-compassion and compassion for others? Okay, last, but definitely not least, <laughs> inner autumn, premenstrual phase. The archetype for this phase is commonly called the wild woman. So take a moment, think about what comes up in your mind as a wild woman. This is someone who, they're wild, right? Wild means untamed, means not conforming to society, perhaps doing things that please them. When we think about something that's wild, very often we think about something that's dangerous as well. It's perhaps someone or something that lives a little bit outside of the community, um, and is just perhaps quite hard to capture because they, they're doing their own thing, you know, like a wild horse will just do its own thing. A wild dog will do its own thing as opposed to like, you know, one that's living in your home and sleeping on your sofa, like my dog currently is. <laughs> and the wild woman really represents this part of us that, again, has gone through the life cycle of maiden, has gone through the mother. And it's now the point where it's no longer about other people anymore, right? It's kind of a little bit like a flip side of the maiden energy. And we know that in menstrual cycle awareness, in a summer and in an autumn, they're two opposite sides of the cycle. They are two sides of the same coin. So the inner maiden, it's not about other people, um, but there's a kind of like naivety because we don't know yet. In the autumn, the wild woman is, it's not about other people, but I also know because I've been through the maiden, I've made those mistakes, I've made the like, you know, the errors in judgment, I've learned things along the way, I figured out what I don't like, what I do like, etc. And then in the mother, we've, um, you know, learned to care for people, for things, for ourselves. And now it's kind of like the culmination of, of what we've learned so far. So a good example of this is menopause, right? Because this is the point where it's now about us, menopause as, um, as a kind of like a, a, a turning point from You've been in this menstrual cycle, which is effectively, let's not forget what the menstrual cycle is. Your menstrual cycle is about reproduction. It's about getting, it's not just about that, but the main part of it is about getting pregnant and birthing a child so that the human race can continue. When menopause happens, well, that's not, you know, it's not happening anymore. Menstrual cycle isn't there anymore. 
So what's the point of me if I don't have my menstrual cycle? And often when we think about this kind of like phase of life, we're thinking about middle-aged women who, I don't like the word middle-aged, I'm going to take that back. We're thinking about women um, who are in their 40s, maybe 50s now, and they've maybe like, you know, they've gone through the first early parts of their career, they've maybe raised children, and now those children are, you know, probably old enough to start doing their own thing. They might be, you know, teenagers, or they might have, you know, already like left home. And now it's like the, okay, I mean, I'm still a mother, but I'm not having to look after these children day in, day out. Who am I then? This is the territory of the wild woman because there's an aspect of us that has had to play along with things. We've been playing, like not playing along with our menstrual cycles, but our menstrual cycles have been you know, like influencing us in a big way. We've had to play along with society, with jobs, with partners, with children, etc. And now we're free of the menstrual cycle in terms of um, the physical, the energetics will still be going. Menstrual cycle awareness goes all the way until death, but we're not necessarily tied to this cycle of bleed, ovulate, bleed. And children are now, you know, they've flown the nest. <laughs> Maybe relationships broke down. Like, who am I now? What do I want? This is not about anyone else. It's about me. This is the hallmark of the wild woman. So this is a time when a lot of people will feel intuitive. The premenstrual phase, you know, you can get a lot of intuition in that phase, but it's also different to the kind of intuition that you get from your wise woman, because again, your wise woman is further down the line. Well, wise woman is what comes after the wild woman. So connecting to the wild woman, again, this is why I love this phase of the cycle so much, because it is just so rich and it's so deep um because it's all about like you in a way that the other phases of the cycle are not this is about you for you's sake this is about who am I Natalie if I don't have the label of mom if I don't have the label of wife if I don't have the label of business owner what do I want for this next part of my life right this is kind of like the midpoint of life like you know, this is time for me. So connecting with this archetype is very much about connecting with what the heck do you want? How do you want your life to live? If you were untamed, if you were unbound from like expectations, what would you do? How would you dress? How would you relate with people? How would you express yourself sexually? How would you move through the world? This is like a time of, we know this, the premenstrual phase can be a time of burn everything down to the ground. Start again because ugh, life just feels like restrictive and I, I don't have, you know, I'm not in the skin that I'm supposed to be in. How This is how you embody your wild woman. It's like, okay, what is the skin that I want to be in? What is my skin? And so connecting with her at this time of your cycle is it's a really beautiful way to get in touch with what do I want? And again, we tend to know what we want. We are usually just very conditioned or we've got fear that holds us back. But learning to step into the shoes of the archetype cycle by cycle, bit by bit, helps us to really uncover like what's important to us. What is our self-expression? 
So that's a quick whistle stop tour <laughs> of the archetypes. I've also got a blog series on this um, that I will pop into the show notes as well, because archetypes, you know, like I said in the beginning, your flavor of your archetype is going to be different. Yes, your flavor of the inner season is different as well, but it's it's a, it's kind of like a higher level, I find. I find that getting into menstrual cycle awareness for seasons is such a great way just to orientate yourself, to know where you're at, to kind of know what to expect. And then, okay, how do I start to address balances? How do I start to really embody my cycle and really embody my way, my life in a way that feels authentic to me. And the way that we do that is with archetypes. The biggest advice I can give here is to just have fun with it, right? Remember that these names, maiden, mother, um, wild woman and wise woman, they were thought up by someone else. So really feel free to just have fun and just notice like, again, menstrual cycle awareness, it's not hard work, right? It's just taking the time to notice how am I feeling? What is it that's like, what am I gravitating towards right now? What do I want to eat? What do I want to wear? Who do I want to speak to? Do I want to see people? Do I want to be inside? Do I want to be outside? Like these really kind of like small inconsequential things that we don't take notice of can really help to bring our archetypes to life and help us to see, okay, how can I balance this? Where do I feel like I need to have more joy, more play? How can I invoke more of that maiden energy of play into my life? Step into the shoes, wear the outfit, become that character of your menstrual cycle because it is a part of yourself. It's a part of your psyche. So I hope that was helpful. I could talk about archetypes all day. <laughs> I think they're just an amazing, amazing tool and an amazing framework um, for people to just get more confidence in who they are and to figure out actually who they are to begin with. I'd love to know if this resonated with you. If you've got any um, insights or feedback or anything like that, please feel free to reach out. You can screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at natalie.kmartin because I feel like architects are so rich because they're so different for everyone. So connecting with them and, and hearing how other people experience their archetypes is always such a big, um, a big part of learning the diversity of menstrual cycle awareness. Um, so yes, please feel free to reach out and until the next time, keep well, and I'll see you again for the next episode. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please help us spread the menstrual cycle love by rating and leaving us a review and sharing this with anyone who you think needs to hear it.